Hello and welcome to Birth Your Vision podcast series, episode five. Today, I have a very special guest in the podcast studio as we shine the spotlight on incredible female writers, best-selling authors, publishers, and screenwriters in honor of International Women's Month. I am so delighted to welcome Charlotte Valentine to today's podcast. She'll be talking about her journey and inspirations, as well as discussing the story behind her upcoming debut novel, which is set to launch later on in April. She will also share a journey in working for over 15 years as a managing director in HR investment banking to now following her passion to becoming a writer. Now, Charlotte Valentine was born and educated in Blackpool, north of England. She studied law degree and she later on went to university to basically complete her MA, then adopted her son and then now she moved on to Spain. Um, she later went on to complete creative writing and now she has birthed a vision of being a writer with the launching a debut novel. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome the wonderful Charlotte Valentine to the podcast studio. <laughs> Hello, thank you. I'm, I'm actually sitting here thinking um, uh, it's quite nice to be described as wonderful. So I will take that um, any day of the week. So you, thank you. are and absolutely wonderful. <laughs> it's a real pleasure to have you here. Um, you know, it's been amazing sort of following your journey and um, really, really admire your strength and your courage, you, you know, in being a writer and what you had to go through. Thank you. Um, so it's, it's a real pleasure to welcome, you, to welcome you. you on the Birth Your Vision podcast series. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, 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 and before we kind of get underway, I just want to say thank you so much for asking me to do this because um, I am um, a debut novelist and that's kind of scary and exciting at the same time. And it's been really great to say to people I'm about to be a guest author on a podcast on a my po- first <laughs> and I almost couldn't believe I was saying that so thank you and I'm delighted it's with you so. and you are thank welcome you. you are more than welcome so you know what let's get straight to it everybody okay. wants to know about your new book and everybody wants to know about your journey in becoming a writer uh-huh. so tell us about your journey in becoming a writer and how it all started okay um, well you've given my bio and um, people can see from that that I've um, taken a fairly circuitous route um, uh, through life really done um, lots of different things and never been afraid really of doing new things and if I just go right back for a quick second perhaps to childhood um, I think one of the things that I would be remiss not to say at this point is how fortunate I was to have a very happy childhood be a very secure childhood and see two parents I was an only child two parents who absolutely absolutely brought me up to think I could do anything. I love and, that. And um, I thought, nearly, sadly, neither of them are going to be are here at the moment. They've um, they've, they've both sadly um, passed away, so they so won't be here to, to see. That. Yeah. Um, well, interesting. My mother um, lived longer than my father, so she um, was around when I started this book. And she was around until I was about halfway through it. And so, uh, and, and was a huge supporter. And I'm disappointed she won't be here to see it mm-hmm. going live and public. But she kind of is. I, I just feel that she's kind of you know, there watching um, me in some way. And um, yeah, so, and guess who the first acknowledgement in the front of the book will be? Absolutely. It has to be her and also him. <laughs> but now, I, I think it's important. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say that because I'm such a great believer in how you. 
Um, we should all try to be can-do people, but we are fortunate if we have parents who instill that in us. I, l- and I they really absolutely agree with that. Did. Yeah. And the fact that your sessions are called Birth Your Vision is um, appropriate, I think, because here I am birthing a vision. Absolutely, and, yes. Um, in part, I think I owe it to them That's right. for making me think I always could. Yeah. Um, and I try to instill that in my own son um, and hopefully do. So mm. uh, end of that little speech I'm yeah. sorry but- no that's absolutely fine because I love the fact that you know as as children we all have a you know a foundation and the parents is the foundation yeah. so whatever they instill in us that is what would really allow us to be great yes. and you know looking at you you're a very strong determined woman who is very confident <laughs> And that is really amazing and it's really good to know that you had a very solid foundation. Yes. And your parents were always there to support you and guide you. Yes. So that's really excellent. So tell me about, um, you know, what inspired you to start writing? Because I know that your story is, you know, really, really powerful. And a lot of women who are listening will definitely relate to it. Um, I know that you've definitely worked in, you know, investment banking, you Mm -hmm. know, for over 15 Mm -hmm. years. And later on, you went on to do your MA. Yes. And then you took um, a creative writing course. Yes. Yeah. Which gave you the platform to actually start writing and follow your your, your passion. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, uh, Well, after I graduated, my... um, uh, my, 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 my first job was in corporate life. I started as a graduate trainee and 15 years later I was a managing director in an investment bank, um, uh, which sounds a bit self-important, isn't meant to. Um, it's just a reality, that's what I did. And um, it was exciting. Um, it was a fun thing to do. Um, it was well paid. Um, but corporate life is a very, very competitive environment. And I'm not criticising that, but I, I think I suddenly hit a point where I thought, I want to be doing something different from this. Um, and um, the first thing I wanted to do that was different was actually go back to academic life, um, because I probably always felt I'd like to have done a second degree. So um, I did my MA in literature, actually, which was another exposure to um, uh, the world of books. And I suppose as far as writing is concerned, um, I have always been considered to be a good writer. And I'll come back to that in a minute, because by good writer, I mean I wrote great business reports. Um, I wrote good academic um, stuff when I did my MA. Um, So I have a track record in writing. Um, After the MA, as you said, I, I moved to Spain. My then husband and I adopted our son from Guatemala, which kind of explains why we, in part, why we moved to Spain. And, and while I was there, I did a whole variety of um, uh, different things, um, as well as also bringing my, my, my son up. And the way the writing came about was um, I suddenly hit a point, I guess about five years ago, where, and this is going to sound like something out of a work of fiction, it's not. This is reality. Right. Um, I woke up one morning and I thought, what am I doing? Um I want to be doing something different. And mm-hmm. I say this with no disrespect whatsoever to the people I was interacting with, t- with at the time or the things I was doing, but I just suddenly had this feeling, I want to reinvent and do something mm. different. And that led to a whole slew of decisions. Um, I never do things by halves. Okay. Um, and those decisions were about, um, I have to say, and can, because I, I have a feeling my ex-husband will listen to this at some point, but he would be more than happy for me to say this. Okay. One of those decisions was I want to be 
on my own again. Right. Um, and I'm delighted to say that he and I have both dealt incredibly well with that decision mm. and, and are the very best of friends. Oh, wow. And if you said, who's one of your greatest supporters in your writing career, mm. it would be Stuart. Right. Uh, okay. And I'm thrilled to say mm. that. So if you're listening, Stuart, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Um, uh, but those decisions were um, to, to move on, change my image, change my direction, change what I was doing, change where I was living. It was everything in one go. And that sounds like a lot. But mm. um, um, again, I'm, I, I do believe if you start on a series of changes, you'll find that one leads to another. And uh, the reason I wanted to, I don't want to overly dwell on this because we have limited time and not two days for this podcast mm. um i do think that's something that can happen to women yes a lot a lot um, yes. i mean we are by nature mm. i'm sure the men won't mind me saying the nurturing gender and we find ourselves looking after children a partner a home often elderly parents yeah. animals and the person who kind of is the afterthought can sometimes be ourselves yes and our dream of some things we still like to do and um i would like to think i am and again i don't want to sound arrogant by saying it i'd like to think i'm an example of someone who said no it's time to rethink i've done all those things yes i'd like to think i've done a good job and i've you know been part of bringing my son up to be the person he is today and now i want to do something different and out of that hannah the writing came um because it was probably something that had always been there as something that I wanted to do. Um, but the point about creative writing is, uh, is it goes back to the track record of being a, a good writer. People said, oh, you'll ace that. And I said, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Creative writing is completely different to um, business writing or academic writing. Hence the course. Exactly. So, and I think a lot of people get confused about that. Yes. There's yes. no clarity. Absolutely. And thanks for clearing that up. Creative writing really is important. a whole different ballgame. Absolutely. So you felt like going back to study creative writing gave you more understanding of the angle of how you got Absolutely. to start writing your Absolutely. books. Absolutely. Yeah. With, uh, because I felt there was no guarantee I would be any good at it. So mm. doing the course, yes. um, which was with the Faber Academy in London, it was online, although I was in Spain, yeah. was fantastic. I mean, it, 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 it taught me the tools of the trade. Brilliant. And um, writing is a tough gig. And you have to understand the technicals. Mm. And then you just have to be brave enough to go for it yeah because it's 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 one thing unlike a lot of other kind of artistic pursuits where there is nothing but you what's in your head and what then finds its way through your fingers onto a blank screen that's right yes nothing else absolutely it has to come from within mm. now i'm so excited about your book right <laughs> now um tell us about your book and how you came up with the title okay um, uh, I thought about the book. It, it is my debut. Um, it's a thriller, um, and it's a thriller in the sense of an adventure story, an adventure thriller, uh, and an investigation, as opposed to a police procedural or a psychological thriller. It's called the Cerberus Affair. Right. Okay. And and I could tell you what that title refers to, but yeah. I'm not going to because um, <laughs> the I, suspense is real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, some people will. I found people split about fifty-fifty between who knows what Cerberus means and who doesn't. It's actually a mythological creature. The rest you'd have to read the book and figure out. Okay. Um, um, it's um, it's set in the world of um, genetics research. Mm -hmm. um, we basically have a backdrop of a potentially game-changing genetic 
breakthrough okay. going on in the background of this book. Um, we have a lead character called Catherine, okay. who is not your conventional protagonist, maybe. Um, and she's an ex-investigative journalist who um, wakes up one day to find that one of her best friends, a junior health minister, has died. Yeah. Um, suffice to say, it turns out she and his widow see the circumstances as suspicious, mm. although officialdom says natural causes. Yeah. And everything kind of starts from there exactly um, I remember reading the first um, page and you liked it I loved it it was well, very captivating that, really, don't we? <laughs> otherwise no, you honestly, podcast I <laughs> no honestly it was really captivating and as I got through the next page I wanted to carry on, but I just, I just thought, you know what, I will come back to it because it was the stage whereby um, I think Catherine was being suspicious yes, yeah. that this was not a natural yes, death. Yes, it yes, was, yeah, you know, it wasn't yeah, of natural yeah, causes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, um, when I say it's an adventure and it's an action story, um, uh, in the first three pages we have a probable shooting and we have a suspicious death. So that's between page one and page three so, mm-hmm. so so hopefully it's it's action but basically she becomes involved in um an investigation yeah um and the genetic discovery mm. um may or may not be threatened right. so and, and and more than that would be a spoiler alert one of the very quick thing i'll say about it is um that we have a um fairly intense love affair um, running through this, I'm yet to find book. out what you this got love to that bit, yeah, yeah, don't tell me um, no more. <laughs> and, um, and that's not just there for effect; it actually is there because it becomes a very, very important part of the story. Of because the, story. the intensity of the feeling that she has for right. him, in inverted commas, um, a it's a first for her, even right. though she's. Um, I hate getting into ageism, but 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 she's kind of middle aged, so right. she's like, not your standard sort of thirty to forty year old heroine. Um, um, and the feelings she has for him, um, which are incredibly passionate, really inform a lot of the things that she does through the book. Mm. Um, and that's kind of something I wanted to bring out as well. Exactly. Um, but then he's yeah. married. No, he's, he's not. He's not, no, he's no, not no, married. He's, not. Okay. He's, uh, he's divorced. He's divorced. He's divorced. Okay. Um, all right. But he has some issues, let us say. But then don't get to it. Don't don't, don't they all have it? Don't they all? We'll get it. We'll get to it, definitely. (laughs) Um, So with this book, I know you're going to be doing the launching in April. Mm -hmm. How have you been able to put the planning together? Because I know how stressful that could be when it comes to launching a book. Now, tell us, is this your first or second book? It's my first. Okay. Um, I've done a couple of short stories that are um, already out there. Um, actually, as giveaways through my um, landing page, just to introduce my writing to people. But yes, this is my first book. Okay. And um, one of the things I found about writing, actually, in the writing community, and it's in stark contrast to corporate life. When mm. I talked about corporate life, gets very competitive. And yes. In the corporate world, people think it's a zero-sum game. It's like Charlotte thinks Charlotte can only win if Hannah loses. Mm. And um, in the writing world, there is none of that. It is the most supportive community of people I have ever been a part of. That is because so nice Because all writers yeah. want people to read. To read. Because people don't just read one book. Exactly. Um, there is my, multiples. My book doesn't exclude them reading your book. That's um, right. And so, in, in that sense, we all support each other. So, I have found a lot of help in this journey through talking and interacting with other writers. Fantastic. Um, as far as getting the book out there, um, it's probably worth me saying that I am um, going the kind of indie publishing route. Okay. Um, which is a choice. 
um, because you have the choice of going either to the traditional publishing route through an agent, one of the big publishers, or, as more and more people are doing, going it alone in indie publishing, and that's what I'm doing. Right, okay. Um, but that's a huge journey. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot involved, but it's, it's empowering mm. because you are ultimately in charge of your, of your book, creative yeah. project and your creative vision. Um, so that's yeah. what I'm doing. Fantastic. And, and, and the planning the of it. <laughs> you've seen the colour. It looks really, like really that. great. I um, love it. Very nice colour, red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, people will, um, mm. will, will will see that if they um, you know, hit the landing page at some point or, or at some point look at the website. Yeah. But um, for that, I use a graphic design because or even if you do this yourself yes. independently you have to uh, it's going to be done very professionally so you have to use an awful lot of um, okay. uh, professionals absolutely and, yes uh, professional number one was mm. the designer for the cover absolutely so tell us about the date for your launching then what date is it going to be um end of april end of april um, okay and what what's how is the planning going um fine Good. it's like anything when the clock starts ticking a bit yeah. faster what sounded like ages away back in november suddenly feels like it's getting a lot closer now that we're in March. And, of course, the ironic thing, and I probably should mention it, is I could never have for one second predicted that I'd find myself launching this as we're in the midst of this pandemic. Yeah. And it's ironic that this book is about scientific research, and Mm. here we are um, with, I know, a lot of great minds, scientific minds, trying to find a solution to this issue, and they Mm. will. Um, But it's worth commenting on that while I'm here and saying, you know, please stay safe to people who are listening to this because we're recording this as we're Mm. all grappling with it. And Yeah. But we'll get through it. Absolutely. Human beings do. Human beings are strong and tough. And history shows us we survive. Yeah, you're right. I will survive this. Yes, fantastic. So just want to go back to the characters. So do you ever base your characters on real-life people? Um. Yes, in, in, in fairness, and, and you talked about sort of inspiration for the writing, um, I guess that um, uh, Catherine um, is it, it, somewhat autobiographical, mm. um, only to a point, um, I have to say. I mean, she's kind of similar age, similar appearance, probably similar in personality. Yeah. Um, you know, she's quite enterprising. She's not afraid. Yes. Um, you know, she, she has a determination about her, which I'd like to think those things sum me up. But the thing about writing a novel mm. is um, it's very easy to start off thinking that you'll put a lot of... Auto- you'll make it very autobiographical. Yeah. At some point, you have to not do that, Hannah. Um, in my experience, and other writers have said that, because if it's too personalised... Yeah it ceases to be a work of fiction and you get the thing very confused. So um, I learned early on, no, um, I can loosely base her on me, but now she's a character in her own right and Catherine has to do what's right for Catherine mm. every time she faces a decision through this story. Exactly. So it's kind of a 50-50 answer, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, do you want to read a very short chapter in the book? Uh, of <laughs> Would course. you like to share of with the course. audience? That would be the, really amazing for them the, to hear it. The, the writer has not been invented <laughs> who does not want the opportunity mm. to do this. To do this, absolutely. Um, so. uh, what I'm actually going to do is read... Just the prologue, yeah, because it's very short. Good. So here we go. The Cerberus Affair. Here's the prologue. Him. He watched as she sank to the floor, her body a crumpled heap from the force of the blow. Please God let her not lose consciousness, or worse. He needed her now more than ever. This couldn't be the end, not like this. 
not when they'd barely begun. He saw her eyes flicker open and stare into his, those beautiful, intelligent eyes, now full of confusion. He saw the glint of the gun in her trembling hand. Somehow he got the words out. Catherine, please, do it. He looked into her eyes again and willed her to make the right choice. He told himself she would. As she took aim, he closed his eyes and waited for the shot. Her. Heart pounding, hands shaking, her eyes straining to focus, she watched the scene unfold in slow motion as she struggled to stay conscious. She had to make a decision and she had to get it right. For both of them. Then a voice. Catherine, please do it. As pain ripped through her head, the words were barely audible. She forced herself to turn in their direction as she tried to hold the gun steady in her hand. She saw a pair of eyes, and she knew. Just as she'd known when she first looked into them. They jolted her into consciousness now and told her the choice she must make. She steadied her hand and directed her aim. She took a deep breath, closed her eyes and fired. The sound of the shot, the force of the gun's recoil and the throbbing pain in her head were the perfect storm that finally overwhelmed her. As she sank into oblivion, another face and another fateful day flashed into her mind. The face that had made her go back and the day when all this began. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That's the prologue. Amazing. I just can't wait to really get stuck in, to be quite honest. And your audience have a lot to really enjoy from this book, to be quite honest. The thriller is amazing. It's very captivating. And so, you know, you know, what advice would you give to female um, upcoming writers who want to start writing? What sort of advice would you give them? Just do it. Just I know that it. sounds a bit that. shoot from the hip yeah. um, and a cliche, but yeah. cliches can be true. Yeah, that's my just mantra, just do, do it. it. Yeah. Um, and if you believe in your own project, yes. recognise that it's a tough thing to do. Um, it's very much, as I said earlier, just you and mm-hmm. what comes out from you. Yeah. But what comes out from you is as good as it is from anybody else. That, that There are no rights and wrongs. There are some writing rules you need to stick to, but... Again, rules can be broken. Sometimes it helps to know what the rules are to then decide which ones you should break. Um, But do it your way and um, don't be afraid when you come to show your work to people. Um, A lot of people will love it. Some of of them will hate it. Mm. And you've got to be thick-skinned as a writer. But if you believe in it, keep going, Mm. make it happen. And get to the point where you type the end. Mm. Because if you keep going, by definition, you will. Brilliant. Just Fantastic. Good. I love that. Um, when it comes to women sort of making a new direction in their life, making a different choice, perhaps they want to try new things. What would you say to those people? Because I know that you've had to make a turnaround yeah. in a um, new direction in your life. Again, I'd probably yeah. say the same thing. Mm. Just do it. Just do it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think as a gender, um, women can be very reticent sometimes to push themselves forward. Um, I'm not sure sometimes we all support each other as well as we should do. And I think that's key. Mm. Um, That's not a criticism of my fellow females. Um, But I think sometimes we don't perhaps mutually support as much as we should, which is why I think things like your podcast, International Women's Day, are great. And and the Each for Equal Mm. hashtag 
is incredibly powerful, Absolutely. I think. Absolutely, and that's because, what organisation is yeah, about. Yeah. Um, because each one of us, in our own way, mm. if we make a difference, we help to make the whole That's right. Uh, make a difference. And I think women have got to... We're much better than we were, I think. But I think women have to keep going and saying, um, as a gender, we have a lot to contribute. Yes, we do, indeed. A lot to contribute. And we have to be brave and not feel we should take a back seat to anybody or anything. And at the risk of, again, banging on, every time you ask a question, I seem to give a kind of a long answer. But (laughs) I did did warn you, Hannah, I have no off switch. Um, I also think one of the things that, that we have to be particularly um, watchful of is not letting any of the isms mm. get in our way. Yeah. And I'm talking sexism, ageism, racism. Yeah. All of them in their own way, mm. ugly as um, prejudices um, that people have, and all of them things that we absolutely must not let stand in our way. That's not right. for a cotton picking second. Mm. That's a great, them. powerful message, and I really love that. Um, thank you so much for sharing that message because a lot of women need to hear that. Regardless of what's going on, just make a move. Start now. Yes. Do it now. Yes. Use what you have. Don't let it be next year and look back on this exactly. year and think, yeah. I should have started. Yeah. There's no point starting step. and then saying, I wish I'd done this a year ago. That's we could right. all say yeah. that. But make the decision. Today is day one mm-hmm. um, and now I am going to do it because yes. I don't want next year to look back on day one and say, I, I, I didn't let it be day one. Absolutely. Make it be day one. Just do it. Good. And what we normally do at the end is to basically give a very fun, lovely question to our podcast guests. So the question is, describe yourself using a song, an animal or a place. Go for it. Oh, my God. You know, I've, 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 <laughs> I wasn't seeing that one coming. And, and I've seen this on um, through TV programs. So right. And then they kind of waffle like I'm doing yeah, with some <laughs> intro while I'm trying to think of their answer. Um, uh, song. Um, uh Actually, a very old song that I love. My mother liked this song, and it's Smile um, by uh, uh, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, I know and, that song. Uh, it's a great, I, I think the line at the end, and all the Charlie Chaplin fans will say, I've got this wrong. I think it goes something like, you'll find the sun comes shining through yeah. if you just smile. So that makes it a bit tearful because I'm thinking about my mother now. Mm. Um, but I think that's a very powerful line. And mm-hmm. actually... Um, I'm kind of glad I thought about it because here yeah. we are in the midst of this corona exactly, thing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the sun will come shining through. Mm. So what about an animal? Yeah. Um, oh, that's easy. Yeah. That, that, that's ca- <laughs> Let that, me guess. Cats. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> since I have nine of them, wow. they would no. kill me if I chose any other animal. But I, lo- I, I love, cats. love cats. Um, a, they're adorable, they're sweet, they're cute. Yeah. But they're also um, fascinating creatures and they're independent. Mm-hmm. I mean, if a cat wants to do it, yeah. don't even think of trying to stop exactly. it. Exactly. Because... They're so determined. It, yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. And I love that about them. But at the same yeah. time, they're incredibly loving. Mm-hmm. And um, I get a lot of strength and support from my cats, yeah. believe it or not. They're fabulous. <laughs> and what about a place, lastly? Um... Well, given I spent my time between London and Spain, I suspect people will expect me to say Spain. Yeah. Um, because I live in a beautiful rural place that you would think, wouldn't that be great inspiration for a writer? Lovely. And actually it is. a lovely place to write. But actually I would choose London. Okay. Although I'm not a Londoner by birth, as you've said, yeah. I love London. And I just love the vibe of London. I love the people. I love the pace. I love the unpredictability of it. Um, yeah, it would have to be London. Fantastic. I love that. <laughs> okay, so lastly, how can people actually get your book? Okay, um, I wish I could sit here and say 
go onto my website, but actually it's still in the course of um, uh, construction. So um, um, the best things for people to do would be to um, contact me through my social media, um, uh, Instagram at Charlotte Valentine Writer, um, Facebook Charlotte Valentine Dash Writer, which I guess we'll see on your um, uh, ads. And either of those two routes will get you to um, my landing page, which is a way of becoming part of my reader community, which at the moment would um, get you access to two free short stories I've written, one called Cinderella, one called The Third Door. And um, um, in the next couple of weeks or so, I will be making available the, not just that prologue I read to you, but the opening two chapters of The Cerberus Affair. Brilliant. Which um, hopefully people will read and decide they want to read on. And they will buy the book. Brilliant. um, Which will then be available on um, Amazon and other platforms in ebook or print form um, end of April. Fantastic. Charlotte, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. We can carry on for hours speaking on so many different things (laughs) you just flow so naturally man you're a speaker and i absolutely (laughs) love you so thank you to my wonderful guest charlotte valentine for sharing her journey and inspiration in becoming a writer and her upcoming novel launch in april thank you all for listening kindly subscribe and share see you all on the next episode stay blessed i'm your host hannah cook Thank you.